One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent a Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, with the most hair. Andy Goldstein gets boring, that gag, I know. But I do. And listen, all the shops are shut now. I can't. I mean, the hairdressers, I can't. can't have a barnet cut. It's just going to be massive. I'm going to like David Louise. But worse. Anyway, moving on. Happy Monday to you all. Here's a big podcast coming away of the best bits from TalkSport over the last 24 hours. And it begins with Katie Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan. He was talking to Danny Kelly. They were on a show we've called the final word and I did an analysis and it looked to me like the average league two club was going to lose about 300 350,000 pounds not lose potentially out of their cash flow in the short term if these fixtures are pushed back and pushed back until they're ne- until they're eventually be able to play in league one it looked like 500,000 and in the championship 1.2 and in the premier league 1.2 million that is and in the premier league it looked like most clubs were going to suffer to the tune of five or six million pounds now I, I put the premier league to one side danny not because i don't think they should be considered but i think the real need is in the football league as it has been for some time and i think it's now time that ultimately given the fact that we're not going to see football in this country for a minimum, an absolute minimum, I suspect, of eight weeks. And you're looking at that being th- all of March, predominantly all of April and all of May, and with wage bills that go with it, that football now and the Football League have to lead. Gary Neville was talking the other day on Sky about people taking leadership decisions and being very critical of the Premier League. Well, the decision that has to be taken is that Football League clubs have to vote through a regulation which enables them to reduce the salaries of the playing side of the operation by 25% immediately. Immediately. Right, what, right. that's, that's a, a huge statement to make at a time when um, in other parts of society people are being paid not to go to work um, you're saying that they, these people... Danny, the average, the, the average salary in, this, in, in, the, sure. in the championship is £12,000 a week. The average salary in League One is £3,000 a week and the average salary in League Two is £1,500 a week. The median wage that the government is supporting is £2,500 a week. This is not like for like. And the idea that people will advance, that football can be a short career, you know, most things can be a short career, Danny. No job is guaranteed forever. And in the world of football, it can often afford to be a short career. If we're talking about the system, what we've lost over the annual of time with the age in the age of paying agents 300 million quid out of football per year without any contribution in the age of paying a union 27 million pounds when it gets nothing from its members we've lost the reality of what really needs to be maintained which is the well-being of sporting institutions and football clubs because if they don't survive these players will have nowhere to play and from Simon and Danny, we can go over to Stuart Pearce. There's no link there other than just naming people's names. Stuart Pearce, Simon. It's tedious, I know, but 
I don't get paid a lot to come up with these. Anyway, Stuart Pearce was talking about fantasy football on Saturday session. I'd done fantasy football with my son Harley, who was eight years old at the time. Okay. And they'd done it at the school with all the kids and all the teachers. And we worked our way up the league to that final week where it was my son Harley and the headmaster were neck and neck. There was one at point the top in of the it, table. at the top of the table. Wow. I think we were one point behind. I picked the phone up to Alex Ferguson. I was the under-21 manager at the time. When was in, this? In the midweek? On the Wednesday before this game on the Saturday. Okay. Before the big decider or the Sunday, whichever day it was. Yeah. And I asked him the question under the guise of the England under-21 manager, who are you going to be playing, Jones or Small, in in the back? Because I'm thinking of coming to the game to watch them. He told me which one he was going to play. I transferred a player. That player went into our fantasy team. No. And we won. Whoa, hold on. That's inside of trade, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perry, I hang my head in shame now. (laughs) Right. But... We won. We won by sheet. a point because we got a clean sheet. Smalling <laughs> or Jones, can't remember who played, but right. one of them played. You know when you said to me, you know like normally when their dads go and watch their sons play football, <laughs> right, and it's competitive dad on the touchline, yeah. right, that is actually transformed That's what itself it is now. to fantasy football. That's what it is so now. So Pearcey put his eight-year-old son... And you got, I'm just embarrassed, you can't let your headmaster be You made a call to... If Sir Alex knew that... You know, you know. He, he would he would blacklist you, and I wouldn't blame him to be quite <laughs> honest with you. But uh, all I can say in my defence is champion <laughs> is champion. <laughs> Time now to talk a bit of boxing with the host of Fight Night. That's Adam Catchell. Alongside him was that ginger fellow. I think he's bald now from EastEnders. Jake Wood, Spencer Olivo used to box. He's hard nut. He was. He was in the studio as well. They were joined by Dillian White. Looking ahead to his fight against Alexander Povetkin, which of course isn't going to happen because no sport is ever going to happen in the foreseeable future. It will, listen, but not for this fight won't happen. Basically, your fight is still on. It's not been called off. Um, May, May yeah. the second against Povetkin. What's the preparation like for that? Because every everybody around you, all the fights around you, are being called off and being removed and what have you. Yours hasn't as of yet. So what's the preparation Preparation like? is what is a principle of telling you as a pro, you just got to be professional and prepared to the best best of your ability, the best way you can really understand and get on with it, man. You know, obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the world at the minute, you know, a lot more important things than boxing at the minute is going on in the world. So I, I, I'm just, just trying to stay focused, trying to prepare. You know, I've got a job to do and I've just got to be professional about it and just keep training. Like, you know, like the fight is, is, is still happening and it's still meant to happen. So I'm just training for May second, really, you know, as a pro, you're just as training accordingly. It's not if, if something goes wrong or if you get injured or whatever. So, I just, I just been getting on with it, man. Being a proper professional and just keep going, you know. I don't know if uh, the the boys know this story. I, I'd like to share it on air. I remember you working with us. Uh, I think it was um, on the night that Povetkin knocked out uh, David yes. Price. And you were commentating with us. You were ringside. Check this out, lads. Right. So he's he's working with me. He's there. He's the he's the core commentator on the on the show. Right. We're middle of the fight. The the knockout happens. Dillian clears off. He just stands up, clears off. I'm looking. I'm I'm looking around, thinking, where's he gone? He's in Povetkin's corner, calling him out. He's 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 over there trying to start a fight straight I away. Going, Listen, I remember that. Me and you. Let's get it on. Do you remember that, Dill? No. You know what it is. Listen, David Price. He's one of those fighters and countrymen that you have a lot of sympathy for. 
you know, mm. not that I feel sorry for him. He's just one of those guys you want to see him do well. And he was one of the first guys that started to spar with him, a guy in the boxing. I used to fight and his undercard was under the same stable. And he was flying at one stage. And he's one of those guys, you just want to see him do well, you know what I mean? He, you know, and he's he's always been so close. And he's a good guy. David Price is a good guy. No one's ever got anything bad to yeah, say about him. Absolutely. You know, when you see him get knocked out like that, I was a bit like I was a bit I felt a bit bad because I know his family, I know I know his wife and I know his dad and stuff. So I, was, I felt a bit bad. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, I'd love to get hold of this guy and and, and, and give it to him, get one back to my country, man. man. <laughs> um, well you getting the opportunity. You've got the opportunity now to get one back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know. Definitely. Yeah, but but now now it's personal now because it's me and him now. It wasn't personal before. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I like the podcast, it's going really well, but what I really want to hear is Tony Cascarino's top three defenders I've ever played against. Well, I mean, you need your head looked at because it... Oh, is it? Oh, that's a result. I played against Stevie Bruce... Um, against Man United a few times and Brucey and Pallister were a great partnership for United and normally I played up against Pallister but on the odd occasion I'd, I, pl- I'd, I found myself up against Brucey and Brucey was different class Georgie was he? he was uh, and he could play football as well Brucey sorry I shouldn't have I sounded really surprised that he was good no. at football but I mean I'm surprised when you put him and Pallister next to each other that you would have chosen him well it, Brucey could get goals as well for a centre half you know, he was a handful when you had to defend against him because his timing of his running. I always remember a goal I scored for Gillingham, and I was in the same uh, team as Brucey for Gillingham against Millwall. And I scored with a diving header, and, I'm, and Sam Allardyce was marking me. And Brucey's literally told me the run that he, what he wanted me to do, and I scored from it, and we won one nil. And Brucey could, knew how to get goals. Brucey could have been the centre forward. He really could have. Um, but as a centre-half, reading the game, timing wasn't the quickest. Like Teddy Sheridan wasn't the quickest as a forward, but yeah. incredibly intelligent around the game. Brucey was that as a centre-half. So he's number three. Number two is quite an obvious one, is the incredible Paul McGrath. Okay. Um, played against Paul. Probably he was dr- drunk a couple of times when he played as well. Um, and not a good thing. I roomed with Paul McGrath. I witnessed him do very little training Georgie his training sessions were laughable he would literally go to the gym and if I said to you light training that's pushing it because that's what it was he was one day with Jim Walker on the bike you know you do your bike and you're pushing away and I'm watching him train I'm thinking how is he that good? And this is his training sessions. How is he so like, good at the weekend? Got a magazine and yeah, a cup but he's of literally pedalling away. And then Jim Walker says to him, "Right, Paul, come on, on the incline, come on, Paul, push harder, push." And Paul's just literally going a little bit harder. All of a sudden, he gets off the side of a bike and stands next to it. And Jim went, "What are you doing, Paul?" And he went, "I always push my bike up hills, Jim." <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, but I laughed because that was poor. I roomed with him. He didn't do anything right. I'm talking the food he ate, what he drank, his, his training regime, and he'd go out. And Sheffield United fans will tell you this about Paul McGraw. He'd be the best player every Saturday. He'd be the man of the match nine times out of ten. That was McGraw. And I played against him, so I know how tough it was. So Big Paul had to be number two. Can I just say, when people are natural athletes like that, I really hate them. Oh, <laughs> do you know, the one thing he didn't do, Georgie, Paul would eat chi- um, children-sized portions of food. So he never had a problem with putting on weight because Paul only picked. He never ate full meals. 
I never see him finish a meal ever, Paul. As a, mind you, half of me never turned up. He'd just stay in his room. Still wonder how good he could have been if it had, obviously, the things that sent him the wrong way in, in football in regards to drinking. Um, Paul was, would have probably been number one. But my number one is Maldini. I played against him for Italy and just had everything. And he cruised. And even more annoying, he was really good looking. You know, you look at a friend, you're too good looking to be a centre half man. You know, you've got no teeth missing, you've got no scars, he's got this perfect black, jet black hair, um, but so gifted. Quick, like you wouldn't believe. And played forever, didn't he? Uh, I mean, what into age? his 40s. Yeah. Into his 40s. And Maldini was just an extraordinary footballer. I don't have to explain how good he was to people. If you'd watched Paolo Mandini, Mandini you'd know how good he was. And uh, an exceptional player for Milan. Uh, over a number of years, won everything in the game. Alan Brazil here. You're listening to Talksport Daily. Time now to hear a bit of game day with Danny Kelly and the 2008 World BDO Darts Champion Mark Webster. Yeah, strange old link up that, but listen, I don't put them together. Anyway, they will talk about the final day of the season at the Etihad in 2012. Brilliant, love this moment when Man City won the league and stole it from Manchester United. And of course, QPR narrowly avoided relegation. I'm so happy for them. I will take you back to the year of 2011-2012 season, <laughs> and in particular the 54th minute of the game. Um, the score was 1-1, and a certain Joey Barton wow. decided to, well, <laughs> absolutely erupt. Our captain, Joey Barton... Um, who... <laughs> Forgot that bit, yeah. Yep. So we had the, the, the captain of QPR, Joey Barton, in the 54th minute, decided to elbow Tevez. As Tevez was war, um, making his move into the 18-yard box, he just slightly, slightly brushed the top of his nose with the elbow. And Tevez mm. obviously hit the ground. Who was the referee that day, Ooh, by the way? go on. Mr. Mike Dean. I was going to say, it must be Dean, must it? Come, yep. yeah. come at the hour, so come at the correct The man. man himself decided to go and have a little chat with the linesman, who had obviously seen this incident in the 54th minute. Now then, hang on. So Mike Dean goes goes to the touchline to consult. Yes. The very thing he's stopping referees doing now, yeah? Yep, yeah. absolutely. And, oh, it, oh, and at that moment in time, there was a cluster of about 18 men all in each other's faces trying to... You know, trying to settle the situation. But no, Joey erupted in the 54th minute, elbowing Tevez. Not only did he get sent off, but on his way off the pitch, he decided to <laughs> knee-kick Aguero into the behind. <laughs> headbutt Vincent Company. No. Ad- oh. Attempt to grapple with Balotelli. And then the calmness of Mika Rick- Richards, who was the substitute at the time, decided to run onto the pitch, grab hold of Joey, yeah. and I think there was a long-lasting friendship between Mika and Joey. And I only just yes, recently watched other. the clip, and they were talking like long-lost friends. Really? <laughs> Nothing had happened. So, wow. who normally takes... You're laughing about... I'm laughing about it now, but who normally takes the, 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 the red-carded gentleman off the pitch out of all the coaching staff? Well, it's normally the goalkeeping it... coach. Oh, is it? <laughs> is, is that right? Yeah. Is that who knows? So the goalkeeper coach, who at this point was um, Kevin Hitchcock, yeah. decided to put his arm around Joey, but uh, Kevin, don't do that. <laughs> Kevin, no. Do not do that no. when this man is in he's, the rage. He's a bit sensitive at the moment. Yeah. So Kevin Hitchcock got, nearly got th- flung <laughs> to the floor as well, and the whole it... thing just erupted. 
And it it, was it's just... like that scene in, in, in Forty Towers where Mr. O'Reilly, the builder, <laughs> tries, <laughs> yes, try, tries to be nice to Mrs. Forty. Yeah. And, he, and Mr. F- and John Cleese goes, oh, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was Kevin, Kevin Hitchcock, wasn't it? Bless him. But not many people, I mean, Danny, know why Joey Barton yeah, done this. Is, I mean, we know you that know? he's kind I of a short fuse, but what was his trigger? So the trigger was obviously he got red carded and he knew he was off. Sure. But Bobby Zamora went over to Joey Barton and said, take one down with you. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> right? Really? So that is what happened. So the reason Joey erupted in the manner of which he did is he tried Incredible. to get one of the Manchester City players sent off. So trying to draw well someone in. else into yeah, it. Yeah, to make it 10v10. I like it, though. Oh, that's amazing, Sean. I like that's Zamora. Amazing. Brilliant I like Bobby, by Zamora. Bobby Zamora is like Napoleon with his tactical thinking here. That's amazing. <laughs> Now, it's Tottenham Hotspur against Liverpool. There's no football on! I haven't finished yet. In the latest edition of the Glory Hunters podcast. And for Spurs supporter Mark Dolan, it's pretty clear who the bigger club are. The way you judge a club is the number of ex-players who have made it into broadcasting. I mean, there's like the, the, the Champions League and there's titles and cups, all the rest of it. But let's look at telly and who is the Don of television broadcasting when it comes to ex-footballers. Liverpool have Jamie Carragher and Graham Souness, not too bad. Spurs have Gary Lineker, the Don, the boss, Jermaine Jenis, and most importantly of this parish, talk sports Jason Cundy, who I know people think of as an ex-Chelsea player, but really he's a Spurs legend, and I happen to know on good authority it's his favourite club. He just has a funny way of showing it. Also, most importantly, our moniker, You'll Never Walk Alone is decent, but we have Aldera Est Facere. And because it's Latin, no one knows what it actually means, but it's probably amazing. Not sure. I've done a little Google test, and I think it means get Brexit done, but I can't be sure. (laughs) (laughs) And last, but by no means least, it's back to Stuart Pearce once more and what it's like to be playing under the great Brian Clough. I'll tell you what it's like, young man. Sounds nothing like him. No one can do a clapping impression. No one. Never, ever underestimate how clever he was. I've seen him avoid conflict on occasion uh, and sidestep it. Made out he hasn't seen it. But he was always very, very cute. You know, he would take conflict on when you thought, why have you done that? He would always try and level you. You know, if, if you thought you were above your station, the first thing you would do, like they say with Trevor Francis, signed him for a million quid and made him the tea boy when he arrived. Do you know what I mean? So he would do that to say, look, keep grounded, son. He sent a message out to a lot of the players if they thought you were above your station. But if things weren't going well for you, he'd be a fantastic ally to have in your camp as well. Well, that's it for another podcasty thing, everyone. Good work. Well, good work. Well done. Pat yourself on the back. Yes, well done. You get no money. It's not a competition. I mean, you get this for free. What more do you want? A quick reminder. I know you don't need... I don't even know why they bother writing this on the screen for me. Or you can get it from Acast, Spotify and Apple Pocket. Who cares? You've got it. You know. So pay no attention to me telling you about Acast, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, I should be back. I say should because I've not been well recently. I don't know if I had it. I had, uh, what were my symptoms? Temperature, cough, oh yeah, and a headache, which of course all point 
in one direction. So not the not the group. Although listening to some of the music, you could argue does give you a bit of a headache. But anyway, um, I'm hoping to be in the studio tonight alongside Kundi. Well, I won't be in the studio because I've got to be at home now. Anyway, I hopefully will be alongside Jay in some kind of form tonight from 10 p.m. on the Sports Bar. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. And remember, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.